Alex Melleris. And I'm Taisei Fu. Uh, I'll start by saying we have heard your complaints. We know the sound quality has been bad lately because we're in the same room working out the kinks. Uh, this week we are trying to sit as far apart from each other as possible in hopes of resolving this issue. Uh, but either way, we will be switching locations next week. Hopefully, something uh, a little bit, a little bit better suited to to you know recording a podcast. Yep, that's absolutely right. So we are currently at diagonals, diagonal corner, di- diametrically opposite corners of the room. It's a it's a it's a far call from our first episode together when we were sharing the same desk. Oh, I thought we'd never bring this up again. Oh, that's true. Oh, that first episode. Yeah. Oh, the first one like a month ago or so. Oh, yeah, that one we can talk about. Yeah, not 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 the not the pre era. Where you're right, we won't talk about that. Oh, my bad for even bringing it up. <laughs> that one's on you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's the update on the uh, technical side of things. Um, but uh, yeah, we can move to the news or just the the, the games that we watched this week. Uh, we went and as we said last week, we're gonna we watched Calgary and watched their three games, and uh, yeah, they were undefeated for a hot minute and then they lost to the Sabers. So where do we start? Yeah, uh, this is a very fun time of year because we are just now getting past the point of the season where things like don't matter and don't need to be taken seriously. You know, like t- two games in, you're like, oh, this tells us nothing. Yeah. Now a lot of teams are like about five games in. And we start to see that if a team is like four and one or one and four, it's a little bit either, you know, uh, concerning or whatever the opposite of concerning is. And Calgary. Uh, it's doing well, it's doing well. Uh, even though the both their wins this week were close games, I I specifically wanted to watch Calgary to see how you know all the new players are gelling, and it seems to be going pretty excellently on that front. Kadri's been great, Huberdeau's been very good. Uh, the biggest problem for them this week, or at least so far into the season, has been goaltending. Both Markstrom and Daniel Vladar are sub nine hundred, and Markstrom I think is around like an eight twenty or something. Yeah, that's right. He's been that. That's the one thing that sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, they look horrible. I mean, like you mentioned, Valeri just got a new contract, though. I know. Uh, yeah, that's fun. Uh, but yeah, no, Markstrom had a couple of like really, really fucking bad goals. Uh, that were from out far. He had a clear line of sight, and uh, he just whiffed on them. So uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's really been. Uh, whereas last year he was good basically all season until the very end. Uh, here he started off the season poorly, and it's really you know the the Flames being able to their skaters being able to carry the play uh, and kind of dominate these teams. Um and kind of scoring their way out of marks from theirs. Yeah, which is in a way, I mean, I'm not not to say it's the opposite of last year, but Markstrom was like a great strength for them last year. I think he was a best in a finalist. Yeah. Uh, now the fact they're still at least so far winning games while he's bar below form is a is a great sign for when he eventually rebounds or gets closer back to earth. Yeah. Um. So the first game of the week, uh, back on Saturday, four three win for Calgary over the Oilers. My first note. Uh, is these blue Oilers jerseys. <laughs> I feel like this was a pattern that developed over the course of last year. We would make commentary on jerseys before getting into commentary about the games. Because these blue they're not new, but they had kind of been taken out of circulation for like 10 years or so. And right away, I see them, and I'm reminded of the like Ryan Smith, Sean Horkoff, Sam Gagne era of the Oilers, circa like 2011. And I imagine for Oilers fans, this brings back terrible memories is this like a bad version of the reverse retro like i don't like yeah i do like the jersey though i do think it looks yeah. very nice yeah it's just i imagine it's uh, associated with a lot of fans 
with the most miserable period of Oilers fandom in recent memory. Right, like the dead. Like you, if you're if you're on the East Coast, the game starts at ten o'clock, and the game's only on because you're like half asleep and too lazy to turn off the TV. It's not remotely interesting whatsoever. Though we don't even have Yakupov yet, era. <laughs> exactly. Um. So yeah, there, there's your commentary on the jersey. Um. As for the game, uh, it's uh what they got up to like a four one lead. Um, what I noticed really the, the line that stood out for the Flames this week uh, was that Kadri line uh, of Kadri, Kadri, Majapane, and Dubé. Uh, they were honestly carrying up. Like I felt like you, you know that first line was pretty on and off. The like the Huberto line. Uh, there were long stretches where offensively they wouldn't get anything going. Uh, but you know here they you know Kadri had had a really great goal like from you know off the rush uh, where he started in his own end. And like fucking Brett Kulak died on the ice yeah. <laughs> of that rush. Uh, that was a nice goal. And then, you know, Mandrapani scored right after to make it 3-1. Um, but it always seems like they're always in the offensive zone, really kind of cycling really well. So just initial impressions. Kadri really, like, we talked about having that offensive guy in the two-center role and how important that might be for the Flames and how that might change things. Now you can move back into the third, third line where he's looked great. Um, but, yeah, that second line really popped off. I, I think it's better than the first line so far. Yeah, I mean, that, as you said, Gives Backlund easier matchups. He actually got the first goal of this game. Um, but Kadri, I also agree, was like not just his line, but him individually, I think was like the biggest standout of the week by far for Kadri. Uh that rush, end to end rush, thanks to Brett Gulak blowing a tire. Uh and that was wasn't even like halfway through the first period yet. It was already like three one Calgary, I think. Um we also, of course, have to shout out Michael Stone, who at 32 years old has found a new gear. We were laughing about it in the preseason. Now, this, which was the second game of the year for Calgary, scores three points, uh, all within the first half of the first period. He was on pace for an 18-point game Wow! at a certain time. What a menace. Wasn't to be. Uh, but he, he got another point like later, later in the week, too. He is, he is rolling offensively somehow. <laughs> I think he was scratched in, uh, against the, uh, the Sabres, right, if I recall correctly? Oh, was he? Yeah. But he was scoring too much? Yeah, it's just... They had to cool him down a bit, spread the wealth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good for Michael Stone, Mr. PTO. Nice little slap shot too. Like well aimed. Good shit. Um. So yeah, there was it was like four one after one period. Yeah, and that was uh, actually yeah. on the fourth goal. It was Kadri again who created that that sequence, kind of like drove to the net. And then Manjapani ended up finishing it. But yeah, the I think it was like the Ryan Murray Evan Bouchard pairing, kind of just let Kadri walk in uncontested. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just generating a ton of offense. Um. Then then after the they went up the uh, in that first period, they you know the Oilers kind of took over. Uh. When it came to that second period, they were like uh made a four three. Um. I felt like yeah, there were just a lot of you know they ended up winning the game. I felt like Calgary can definitely clean it up in the defensive zone though, especially you know in, the, in later in the game. Um. Uh, it did feel like there were a lot of turnovers. Uh. And kind of defensive zone breakdowns. Um. You know like like on that Ryan McLeod goal. Um, and yeah, I think it was something that we also saw in the Buffalo game, um, where they just, they're just all over the place defensively. I think Sutter talked after the game, he was really upset about it more than, you know, Marshall's performance. Um, but yeah, they, they held on and, uh, took that game. Yeah. I think, uh, well, Mackenzie Weger, I think kind of characterizes a lot of what this defense is in a way, including like, like Rasmus Anderson. Uh, even like Noah Hannafin to a certain extent, Oliver Shillington, even though he wasn't in the lineup this week, I don't think, uh, which is that they're generally very good and very solid for most of the game. But when there's a mistake made, it's extremely noticeable and like yeah. flamboyant and egregious. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that's much of a point of concern. And there's the fact that, you know, 
uh, Markstrom did was able to cover up those warts more often than all last season, and I think you will regain that form mostly in the coming week. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Well, we don't know. We don't know if it'll be any good. Um, yeah, case in point, that Vegas game, if we can move there. Oh, God. Uh, first shot. First shot of the game, uh, the William Carrier goal. A stinker. Absolute stinker. So horrid. Um, yeah, makes it one nothing. Even like you know, the Brett Howden goal. I don't know how much uh, blame you want to assign to him to make it two nothing. That was like, a nice it was deflection. A, it, was, it was a clean tip, but then again, there was nobody obstructing him other than you know Brett Howden's stick. I have a hard time ever blaming goalies for anything that's deflected that close in. Yeah, how are we supposed to react that quickly? I don't know. Be more square to the puck. Well, the puck just moved, so now what? Yeah, well, should have been there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was two nothing. Uh, but uh, then Vegas promptly uh, took like what six fucking power plays in the second penalties in the second period. Yeah, uh, even was... in the first period, I found that it was clear Calgary was playing much better. Yeah, uh, there was a stretch in the middle where like Logan Thompson made a few brilliant saves in a row. You were talking about how you know yeah, uncertain were Vegas. Yeah, in this game really, I know Vegas has had a good start of the year. They're four and one, I think. Um, but in this game, at least, it looked like uh, everything about the goaltending was a concern for Vegas. Oh, 100%. Like, so, Calgary was... Yeah. yeah, so you're wrong and stupid. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what I took away from this game. <laughs> Certainly. No, Logan Thompson was great. I was, like, shocked. He was not a complete <laughs> liability, but was... Yeah, like, Calgary was the better team through and through the entire game. Especially the third period, they really, like, locked down Vegas. Vegas got nothing going in that third in particular. Um, But... Yeah, throughout it just felt like uh, Logan Thompson was like stealing the show, and I was like, "Wow, I'm really eating crow on this one yeah. for for sixty minutes." Uh, yeah, so it was two nothing, and then they just kind of chipped away at it with a bunch of power play goals. Yeah, even yeah. in even in the Oilers game, I don't think they scored a power play goal, but I noticed I was like, "I'm I'm really liking like the look of the power play," which obviously you know has to change up completely when with Gaudreau and Kachuk gone and the new players in. Um, and in this in this game, they had two, and they also had a like a third one that got called back. So almost three, two and a half power play goals, we'll say. And I found, like, the power play, it seemed to be a very kind of, like, maybe swarming is the right word. Like, it, I, don't, I don't think, like, it didn't rely too much on, on creativity or on, on setting up the perfect play. Almost kind of like it plays a five-on-five style with the knowledge that you just have one less player, so it's going to be better for us. Right. Um, it, I, and I feel like when you have personnel, like, like like a uh, Lindholm, Kadri, Toffoli, like smart players like that, whose bread and butter offensively has always been just being in the right place at the right time. I think that style is really a perfect fit. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, it's a very dogged style, and it's it focuses hard on that possession, right? And then that's how they create chaos more so than like you know the perfect pass, right? As you said, like cross team. A lot um, of yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just have the puck. Scrambles. A lot. What's the word? When it's a scramble or a... yes yeah, scramble yeah yeah that's how you know and then you get shit like like fucking alec martinez like chopping the puck into his own net yeah <laughs> it's just very chaotic uh and it works in calgary's favor because yeah they they under sutter have really you know become a very solid offensively like a possession team almost like you know vegas uh tends to do when they're playing well um so yeah backland scored to to make it three two look at him go um and yeah it was it was really just the case of calgary looked like the dominant team and then it was the goaltending uh that seemed to make the difference until it didn't because uh, Calgary was just too damn good do you remember the play from this game the like bobby or-esque rush by nikita zadorov yes that was this was a fun excellent. moment yeah <laughs> it was like right around brain mcnab he was like so slow but he was like 
he, but I don't think it was like end to end necessarily. But he like went far side around McNabb and like drove straight to the net. And then I he ended up scoring later in the game too. Who? Zadora. Really? Didn't he? Uh, or was that the next game? Did I mix up the games? Uh, yes, you did. Uh, well, he scored the next game. There we go. Great transition. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went and played Buffalo. Whereas, uh, so they, they start, Kadri scored the first goal. Yet again. Was it Manjapani? Oh, uh, oh yeah, it was Manjapani. You're right. Kadri set up the first goal. There we go. Good shit. A plus. Uh, and then the, 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 the Sabres made it 1-1. One of that Marshall moving the puck. It was under him, right? It was like it squeaked behind him and was like sitting on the goal line and he didn't know where it was. Yeah, I think I think he had his pads over it and then he moved his pad and then he moved forward and then left left the puck uncovered. Something like that. Yeah. He definitely lost track of it. Bad Just, sign. Oof. Rough. Um but you know, the, the the shot, the initial shot that he did save, to his credit, or to be fair to him, was from like the slot. Uh where uh, the second goal also came, um, which was Rasmus Stalin. Uh, what a superstar. Did you see the fun fact about this? Yeah, he scored, what, like the longest uh, defenseman goal opening season? Streak. Yeah, no defenseman's ever scored <laughs> yeah. in each of the first four games of the season before. Till now. There we go. Rasmus Dahlin. And you see, it was set up by uh, JJ Paterka, who I didn't even realize was, like, on the team. Yeah. Which is, I guess, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, look at that. There's JJ Paterka. And, uh... Is Jack Quinn playing too? Well, he was scratched that game, at least. All right, again. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was that. Another breakdown on the power play this time. Middle stat scores, breakaway for Anna Goal. Sweet Rough goal. luck. Rough luck for the, the Flames. But, yeah, they were just too fast, uh, the Sabres were. Um, you know, that, that, the middle stat breakaway but was an example. But just off the rush, uh, Calgary just gave him too much space. Um, and then Alex Tuck scored one of his three fucking goals, make it four one, on the power or no, that was also on the rush. So uh, yeah, it was four one, and then uh, the Flames made a little comeback, made a four three, uh, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, you you skipped over the Tage Thompson goal that got called back. Right. I feel like we have to talk about Tage Thompson because of him being the most interesting player in the National Hockey League. And him having also uh, set up Alex, Alex Tuck for, I think, his second goal on the rush. They, they really, at least in those flashes, I, was, I think like throughout this whole game, I know we're not talking about Buffalo, but now we are, uh, looked like, a, like bona fide first-line players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's just a, a solid playmaker, and I'm sold on Tage Thompson. Yeah. Want to trade him to me on your on your fantasy team? I'm good. I'm just that sold on him. Okay. That was heartbreaking because yeah, I was tracking the, the the fantasy. He got a power play goal too, if I if I recall correctly. That was it was a power play goal. I would have had mad points on that. Called so back. Cheesed. Boo. Yeah. So Calgary this week. Uh, I mean another fun thing I actually wanted to mention about the uh, the Edmonton game, because you know Calgary was up four to one. Edmonton scores two, and like right near the very end of the third period, Vladar is kind of scrambling at the end. And he was like down on his side or whatever, making some last minute saves. Uh, is that what earned him this new contract? They go, ooh, he looked very capable in that moment. New deal, here you go. <laughs> he got us, he got us the win, in a key game. Yeah, no, certainly for sure. Was I feel like there was a trend last year of like players signing new deals, like extension in the weeks we talk about them. Happened with Chad Ruedel, I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was the only one. Uh huh. Yeah, well, it's a fun coincidence. Um, so. 
Yeah, two by two point two. You have any comments on on Dan Vladar in his uh, second season? I think this is fine as yeah. a deal. He's a, a decent backup. I didn't realize how young he was. I forgot how young he was. It's funny because he was like a third or fourth string with the Bruins, and there was like a crowded cage there. There was yeah. There was Rask and like Halak at that time, and Vladar and Swayman. Uh, and Calgary was like, hey, we'll take one of these guys, even like a third rounder, and make him our backup immediately, even though he's played four NHL games. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, they are. You can get the second contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a perfectly reasonable backup mm-hmm. um, with, with room to grow, I think is what they're banking on, right? Because you can probably get a Dan Vladar goalie right now, as he is, for, for cheaper if, if you go for an older guy. But, uh, but he's younger. He's younger. And he's going, you know, so good for them. Good I think Vladar them. also even came into that game against Buffalo. They took Markstrom out. That's right. A, yeah. 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 They pulled him out for four or three one, actually. Eh? Mm. Yeah. So not a, not a great start for six million dollar man. No, not at all. Or you're referring to Markstrom? Yeah. Yes. Who else would I be referring to? I don't know. Maybe you, you missed the math on the Vladar contract. 2.2 times 2 <laughs> equals 6. <laughs> Maybe. It happens to the best of us. Because two plus two plus two equals six. So exactly. There yeah, there's my logic. Um, yeah. Also, Noah Hannafin wasn't playing against the Sabres. So yeah. I feel like that might have contributed to uh, why they look like dog defensively. <laughs> um, so yeah, just wanted to make a note of that. Yeah, so, so what's your final conclusion on the state of the Calgary Flames? Yeah, I would not be concerned by the Sabres game. Uh, in the slightest. I because like... obviously Buffalo is a cup contender, so it's okay to lose. Them. Exactly. Uh, that and you, you're going to lose games, uh, even to bad teams. And, you know, like Buffalo's like three and one now, right? So it's a hot team too. So I don't, I don't mind it. I think what we saw against like the bona fide good teams in the Oilers and the, and the Knights shows that this forward core is a bona fide cup contender. It's just, it's just Markstrom needs to clean it up at the end of the day. And they should probably play him less, is what I would say. They probably should play him less. Yeah. Last year, he had a heavy workload, I know. He fell off a cliff. In the, right at the exact yeah. wrong time yeah. as the Oilers in the playoffs. And it looks like he's barely recovered since then. Um, well, I think he'll get back to form. Yeah. I do. Okay. I think he'll end the year as like a 9 on 9 or something. Which is respectable. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. I will, though, stand by my prediction that Vegas is winning the division. They look good. Yes. Uh, they Just look, like I said they would. They look depressing. Thank good you very much. Yeah. Good take. Uh-huh. Um, is Buffalo the real deal? What do you think? Is it fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Get off to a hot start for the eighth year in a row. <laughs> What's the situation here? What do you think? Oh man, who's there? Is is it still Comrie and Anderson? Eric in Comrie. I put these stats. Eric Comrie in three games is a nine thirty. <laughs> As Craig Anderson in one is a nine seventy two. Okay. Obviously, um, the Anderson one's not sustainable. Comrie being a superstar, I I can see it. I can see it happening. There, that's my going out on my limb right now, saying Eric Comrie, at the very least, starting goalie. I think he's found his groove. He found it in Winnipeg last year. We'll see over if it changes or if they have him play like 50, 55 games, which I think they're trying to do. I expect there to be ebbs and flows, but I think to have him ending the year as like uh, around a 9-10 goalie, as a, a solid starter, I think there's no reason to be skeptical of it, besides the fact that he hasn't done it before. Okay. All right. How old is this guy? Like 27. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. I think I think he can be fine over the course of a season. Um, I think the way Buffalo's looked, 
it, they do look like a particularly young and fast team this time around, more so than other times, where it's just like a bunch of old fucks who, like, you know, <laughs> show up in October all full of energy and then kind of lose it over the course of a season. So I think they could, uh, they'll make it close. I think I don't think this is like a bona fide division playoff spot team, but wildcard bubble, I buy it. Was it the eighteen nineteen season that they had that ten game winning streak in like November? Something they were like, that, like yeah. tops yeah. in the division, mm-hmm. and then finished like eighth last. <laughs> I had like just a terrible run the rest of the way. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Well, I know it happened, but I don't know what season exactly it was. But uh, yeah. So what what's your take? What do you think? My take is, uh, they're not this good. They're not making the playoffs. Okay. Um, just because, yeah. I mean, look, I like the personnel there, and I, you know, the person on the other top eight teams in the, in the East. Yeah. I haven't really changed my mind about that. Yeah. Um, with how awful the Devils goalies have started the year, as maybe I'm a little not as confident anymore. My second in the Metro pick, <laughs> the Devils, and if I had anyone like, if I did in theory want to back out of that prediction, yeah. and put a new team in, I wouldn't feel so bad about Buffalo. Okay. Right, but they did win two games in a row. The Devils did so. Change your mind back in. You might want to hold on to your ass there. Uh, yeah. Now that, and it's right when Nico Hischer came back, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, he's been, right. and yeah. he's got like two points in each of these two games now. So by the way, okay. Well, he's back on the bandwagon. He's not. He's not hedging his bets anymore. Uh, Devils playoff. <laughs> it's happening. He says. Uh, okay. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we? Uh, Mentioned some other teams that have done some interesting things in the standings. Yeah. Notably, uh, let's start with the fun one. Let's start with the Canucks. Yes. This is the, the, the best one. There's complete meltdown out there in fucking Vancouver. Uh, the great stat, well, first of all, they're 0-5 right now. We're 0-3-2. Um, but 5 the, the, the incredible bit is that for the first four games, they blew a multi-goal lead in all of them. And then, uh, what was it, just last night, they blew not a multi-goal lead, but a one-goal lead to the... Uh, you know, the Wild, who were also, like, un, un, winless up until that point. Not only did they blow a one-goal lead, they blew two one-goal leads to the Wild and lost in overtime. And I feel yeah. like that should count. Yeah. Blowing two one-goal one leads. One plus one is two. Yeah, we got to keep this stat now uh, moving forward. We have, we, at least we have to track how many uh, leads they blow. Maybe the streak is done. Maybe not. Uh, when do they play again? Do they, uh, play? they play the Sabres tomorrow. Okay. And then uh, yeah. I was gonna suggest we watch the Canucks this week, but we want to watch Buffalo again. I don't mind. I don't mind either. We'll, oh, see. we'll talk about yeah. it at the end. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. So this uh is an incredible start for Vancouver <laughs> in the worst way, obviously. <laughs> um, because some people say you know you have to be a have a be a somewhat good team in order to get a lead in the first place. So like if you place those multiple leads in the hands of a competent team, you should be looking at a 4-1 record or something like that, or at least have three wins Correct. in the mix. So there is something rotten in the mix going on in Vancouver earlier in the year. Uh, they had a players-only meeting after it happened for the third time, happened right away again for the fourth time. Players-only meeting did nothing to solve the problem. Um, people talking about Bruce Boudreau being in the hot seat, which would be strange... Well, one of the things going into this season that Canucks fans were so excited about was like, look at their record under Bruce Boudreau at the end of last season. They would have been like around the playoff bubble or maybe even had a playoff record over that time. With a full season with Boudreau, 
they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs for sure. Uh, which of course I never bought. You did. You had them in the playoffs. I had like seventh in the Pacific. Anyway, we don't have to get into bragging five games in about how correct I am. Anyway, how <laughs> correct uh, you are. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, but uh, that that ad- attitude that Canucks fans have wasn't mirrored in the Canucks front office at all because they were like, hey, we're offering you a one year deal. You wanted more term or a better contract. They basically gave him permission to look around, listen to other offers. He decided to come back, take the one the one year. So it's not like there's such a close bond between Boudreaux and the Canucks front office right now. So I don't think they would be too heartbroken to let him go. Um, so I feel like that is a, a coach to keep an eye on just because they've already, after he was only there for a few months, had this weird contentious relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it would be ill-advised. I think he's a great coach. Yeah. Um, better than anything, honestly, you could find out there for, for the Cucks. Um, but yeah, from, from the get-go, Vancouver, like, you know, Boudreau did such a job as an interim coach, like as good a job as you can imagine, as you can wish for with the roster that they had uh, in Vancouver when he came in, that, you know, you would think that they would just, you know, hand him a multi-year deal, especially with the fact that, you know, he is an established head coach. Uh, he goes back so far back. And uh, yeah, you would think that they would give him the position, but, you know, there was this weird back and forth where we didn't know if he was even coming back. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's a strange lack of commitment. I don't know what the big holdup is. Uh, but, you know, given that, I can't imagine they'll be too heartbroken if they let him go because, you know, they're they're off to a bad start. I think, I don't know, like it's the the fact that they can get out to these leads, which is what you were alluding to in the first, like at the beginning of your, of, your uh, of what you were saying. It gives me hope, you know, like this isn't a team that's getting shit kicked night in, night out. It's a team that, you know, goes out to leads and then like mentally collapses. But the talent is there. I feel like. The coaching is there to get to the. I don't know what it is that's like leading them to, to collapse at this point, but I feel like the team is good enough to be a playoff team, and then I, I would be right had they, you know, not blown it this many times. There's clearly some kind of mental factor yeah. playing into this, and when it, when it happens once in like two times in a row, it starts to get into your head. I think there's clearly some something to be said about that. Let's also not forget uh, that Bruce Boudreau is the coach known for losing in Game Seven. That's true. He lost what was like he was like zero and seven in games. I still don't think he's won one in his career. He never had one with the Wild, I don't think. Um, and people were catching on to to a, a a concerning pattern with him, not just in the results, but like when he was with uh the Ducks in two thousand fifteen. Uh, it wasn't oh I'm remembering now. It wasn't only losing in game sevens with the Ducks it happened three years in a row. Uh, twenty fourteen against the Kings, twenty fifteen against Chicago. 2016 against Nashville, the Ducks had a 3-2 series lead, lost Game 6 and Game 7. And in Game 7, what would happen when the other team would score and get out to a lead, he would get this look on his face like he'd seen a ghost and kind of just freeze up and panic. And you can understand why that would have an effect on the players. And that kind of thing happened three years in a row. So maybe there is something to be said that when this kind of alternative pressure gets rammed into a team, that Boudreaux's not the guy for the job. Um, but I also do want to point out Thatcher Demko has been absolutely ass so far, uh, rocking an 861 save percentage in four games. And Spencer Martin and his one outing uh, is, is an 879. But you look at like uh, the, the top of the stat sheet, Pedersen, six points in five games, Horvat and Quinn Hughes, point per game. Uh, Besser's got four points. JT Miller's got three, which is, I guess, whatever. And I know it's a small sample size, but like more or less the top guns are doing okay. 
and they have scored a lot of goals exhibited by the fact that they have multi-goal leads every game. Um, so the problem really so far has been defense, which uh, we've known how terrible the personnel is on defense. Uh, Tyler Myers, Tucker Pullman, etc. And that Thatcher Demko hasn't been able to bail them out at this point. Yeah, right. So I think, so like I said, they haven't been shit-kicked. There has been offense, right? Uh, it's just I think it's a combination of, of the mental, um, but also they are completely incompetent defensively. I heard JT Miller isn't doing so hot, uh, even despite his point total. I heard rumblings of uh, discontent about his performance. Um, like personal, like he's not happy or other no, people? No, no, other people aren't happy with how he's playing. After signing this fat new $56 yeah, million dollars looks deal. like shit. So that's something to keep track of. We might watch this week. Um, but uh, yeah, y- your, your Bruce Boudreaux point, uh, I don't know if it, you know, it, it's a good, it's a solid observation. Is there really Thank that you. much player on the Canucks though? Uh, this much pressure on the Canucks? Uh, After losing three games in a row that blew multi-goal leads, yeah. there was would be pressure in the fourth one not to do it again. Right. And it was blown. Yeah. But like the first three games, you know, like what's the? It wasn't pressure in them. They were just kind of stunk. Well, there's always some kind. I guess. I guess no, no different from regular like regular season pressure yeah. when I was coaching the Wild or something. Right. It's almost a big deal. Is what I would say. It should be a regular old Tuesday. The, 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 what I'm saying is when things yeah. get okay. tough yeah. is when Boudreaux may have a hard time pulling the team out of that funk. So you're saying moving forward, we might see an, a continued collapse. I'm I'm saying that the Canucks uh, are, yeah, I, I will yeah. say that. I won't say obviously things won't stay this bad. I don't have any confidence they're going to rebound in a meaningful way and like get into the playoff picture. Okay. All right. Which I didn't think was going to happen to begin with. Now yeah. I'm even more, more sure of it. Right. No, you you get off to a bad start like this at the beginning of the year. It's hard to climb back. Um, they're the only team without a win. That's true. After beating Minnesota, who was who was zero uh, and three, yeah. and but, is now one and three. You know they're only one. They're only one win away from the Oilers right now, in terms of the standings. We love the loser point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at the wild card standings. The playoffs started today. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not playing that game yet. So, okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> where to now? Let's look at the top of the standings a bit. Sure. See who's rocking the world. Uh, let's start with Dallas. Yeah. Because Jake they, Ottinger. Yeah, Jake Ottinger. They lost their first game uh, to the Leafs last night, and that was in overtime, and that was with Scott Wedgwood playing. Yeah. Um, so they're 3-0-1. Uh, Ottinger has been obviously the big story there, continuing his dominance from that series against the Flames. Um, maybe he is just a nine sixty forever all season long. I'm kidding, that's not gonna happen. Um, uh, but uh, I feel vindicated by my Dallas believer status. Okay. So far, uh, they are. Uh, yeah, they're winning. What more do you want? Yeah. Where did I have them in my projections? I think you have them out of the playoffs. Really? Wow. Feel stupid, don't you? That might age poorly. Um. Yeah. It it does ride on Jake Ottinger being good for the rest of the season, though. Uh, I feel like I think it'll be good. It clearly won't be this good. Yeah, I I could see him finishing like top five Vesna voting. Okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Right. I I still think though they're gonna they're gonna come back to earth a bit though. It's my take. Well, right now obviously it's very early, but you know I think a third in the division that's reasonable. Although you know what I'm looking at the standings, I'm like who's gonna pass them other than the Avalanche? The Wild I was you know. 
was what one might say, but well, uh, they're sure they're one and three, but who cares, you know? Like teams start one and three sometimes. I don't know. You have like Zuccarello saying like we played like a fucking junior team, shit like that. Um, well, I feel when it's, it's a team a that vibe. everyone agreed was like a good team, like yeah. the Wild are, a bit of a slow start doesn't provide nearly as much concern than it would for, say, example, uh oh, I don't know the 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 Blue Jackets. Uh, this isn't meant to be a transition, by the way. Okay. I'm just saying like Blue Jackets. Some are thinking like, oh, are they going to step forward? They have a good draw now. Are they going to get into the playoff bubble? They start two and three. I'm like, no, belief gone. <laughs> With the Wild, it's like everyone has them as a playoff team. Even the, the Lightning as well. Started one and three. No one cared. They're last in the Eastern Conference. No one cares. There's the Lightning. They'll make it. The Wild aren't quite on that level. But I still am not worried they're going to miss the playoff. But I feel like it's two, it's two different planes of existence there. Because... Uh... I the, the way the wild reacted to it, like the news that was coming, the vibe that was coming out of Minnesota is extremely bad right now. Uh, you know, it was like signs of panic all over the place, like the Zuccarello quote I just mentioned. Um, you know, you don't hear yeah, you don't hear that coming out of Tampa Bay, right? That's true. And that's a sign of a, you know, like they, it sounds like there's a quiet confidence out there in Tampa Bay. They're all right the ship, they know what what's going on. But wild, it really feels like they're flailing. And they had lost to the Canucks last night. Um, I think it would have been a real tough vibe even but even now it's still like you know you look at how they lost they lost seven three to the rangers you give up seven goals to the kings and you know you lose six three to the, to the, the avalanche um yeah it's, it's, it really is just like the, the the kind of energy that's coming out of minnesota is uh one that's uh almost panicking um, i guess goal, I goal tending is kind of a heavy topic so far especially yeah. talking about early season results because it's horrendous because mark andre fleury has been 37 years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, worse than, I think, Mark Stramore, Denko, so far. And Philip Gustafson, which I didn't really love that trade for Minnesota to begin with um, because, like, they're a win-now team, and Gustafson is worse than Cam Talbot. And it seems like after people get around, I have shit to do. I don't have to trade Cam Talbot. It was like, yeah, fine, I'll trade him. Yeah. And he was like, all right, Fleury, you're the, the only starting goalie we have, and you were mediocre last not year not very good yeah um so that's the that's the one thing that you know the hitch in the giddy up or whatever yeah like flurry hasn't been good in like a year and a half now right he wasn't good in chicago wasn't good in minnesota he won uh, the best before that though that's true but you know that's a that's a year straight where he's you know but, but he's like 36 years old that's the thing you see if the cliff comes right sometimes there's just no coming back from it yeah right especially for a guy who's played as many games as flurry ha- flurry has right uh, he might just be cooked. He might just be fucking washed. And then now what for the wild? I have something I'm looking at. Yeah. One second. I'm checking to see where Jesper Wallstead's playing this year. Because I think he signed a deal with the wild. He could still be in Sweden, though. Uh, no. He is on the Iowa wild. Okay. Uh, and he's played one game so far only. But if Flurry continues to suck ass, uh, and Philip Gustafson does as well, do the wild panic and call up this Almost twenty-year-old goalie, <laughs> rush him onto the scene. They might give him a shot because there's nothing. What this is like you said, a win-now team, right? There's no sign that Flurry is gonna bounce back to even like good form, right? Yeah. And what are you gonna expect out of Philip Gustafson, right? There's nothing. There's there's no pedigree there. Uh, it's just you know pure gambling at that point on something that's not very good. So yeah, I but well, that's the thing. I think they have nothing else to do. Uh, they did not prepare themselves for this option where. You know, Flurry continues to be what he was last year, honestly, and maybe a bit worse. So, their other it? minor league goalie is Zane McIntyre. Hmm. Used to be on the Kings. No. Who am I thinking of? I have no idea who you're thinking of. Zane McIntyre. 
has only played eight NHL games ever, and they were with Boston in 2016-17. He had an 8.58. Lovely. Sounds does not seem like the the move for a alleged cup contender. Uh huh. I um, wonder because a lot when teams have bad goalies and they're trying to win, the first thing think of is trade. Is there a trade available for goalies? And like in years, for example, with expansion drafts, a lot of teams are often looking to move goalies. Not the case right now. It feels like, you know, I mean, you no, know, the Leafs have to settle for Matt Murray. That it's hard to yeah. to get a goalie. So looking at, uh, what teams may be willing to trade a goalie? Obviously, first you think of the bad team, Karel Vemelka. Does Minnesota get this desperate? That they're like, hey, tanking team. Uh, we'll give you we'll give you Zane McIntyre to tandem with Connor Ingram, for Carol Vemelka, who's not great, um, but is maybe as good an option as Flurry is. If Flurry really is as bad as he's been shown, I think it's an option. I think Vemelka's he's looked okay, right? As as an Arizona goalie, he's eight ninety four this year and eight ninety eight last year. As an Arizona goalie. As an Arizona goalie. The standards are different. You're playing with like standards are different. with pylons out in front of you. So Josh Brown out in front of you. Exactly. So yeah, I, I uh that that is an option. But you're right, it is very thin out there. It does feel like, you know, the goalies there aren't that many it feels like a strangely down year for goaltending right now. Uh down year that the goalies are bad? Yes. A lot of it seems like we're talking a lot of the goalies. Oh, this guy's having a bad year. Um, where he's kind of dressed poorly. <laughs> yeah, it's really like who, who like, you know, we we're talking about we talked about Demko being bad, Markstrom, all sorts of people. So talking about Andre being good, talking about Logan Thompson being good. There's some bad goalies, there are some good goalies. I guess economy of life. That's a statement of fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Let's take a look at who is on an expiring deal and is a goalie. Jonathan Quick, Simeon Varlamov, Frederick Anderson. Jonathan Bernier, Cam Talbot, Tristan Jari, Anton Hudobin, uh, Alex Nadeljkovic, Blackwood is an RFA, James Reimer. There's one. There's my name. James Reimer's going to the wild. Book it, send it, stamp it. Alex guarantee. My God. What a tandem. Flurry Reimer. What is this? Fucking 2012. Like, uh... <laughs> I think James Reimer was better in 2012 than he is today. Was that? Yeah. Wow. Oh. He's fine. He's better than Flurry, I think. Right now? How much how has he done this year? I know the Sharks have been like winless up Only this year is like he's a nine eighteen. What? Yeah, Rimer's good. Why are you so surprised? Who are the Sharks this bad? Because of the rest of their team. Okay. How's he sporting yeah, a nine eighteen? How's on the second line? Oh, I'm saying how's he sporting a nine eighteen? Yeah, nine eleven last year, they were shit too. Okay. There we go. Rimer's a good goalie. Alright, I'm on board. Good. Good. Yeah. Well I should go out and get James Rimer. Maybe do we see a bidding war incoming for James Reimer? Who's really in a position With to like all the teams who are trying to be good and also need a goalie? Like whom? Uh the Oilers if Jack Campbell can't get it together. No way, not a chance. Yeah, I, I guess that one is very different because he just signed a long term deal. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams would love to bring him in for like uh, for insurance. Right. But um, like start like if you're talking about a bidding war, right? Then, you know, they would have to. You, I would see a lot of teams being like, "Oh, I'm interested." Oh, it's a you know, you're asking for a starter price. Never mind. No. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Wild, I think I feel like they would be the only team that's good and desperate enough. Unless you know, are the Leafs? 
but they're kind of up there against the cap. Ooh, driving back to Toronto, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be that'd be funky. Um, yeah, looking looking through the list, there's there's no like we have Murray injured now. Yeah, for like a decent amount of time, they're really up against the things. Yeah, them so not Shalgren. Yeah, they'd have to clear out room to make it happen for sure. Yeah. Um, or the Devils, if they keep winning with with but with Vitek Vanacek there. Yeah. Sporting, you know, whatever What's terrible save percentage. Blackwood now, I think. Eh? He's played the last few games. But yeah, I'm saying yeah. you don't want Vanacek as your backup if right. he's as bad as he has okay. been. Yeah. There's a team that I think may consider gunning hard after James Reimer. Yeah. If you're if you're so inclined to go all in, if you're the Devils, of course, playoff year. <laughs> Haven't you been listening? <laughs> True. <Just> step up. <laughs> Just step up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, who else has uh, surprised you? Flyers are three and one. Oh yeah, That's let's talk hilarious. about these. let's talk about them a little bit because I think funny. they're kind of anti Canucks in that they've had to come back in like all three of their wins. Yeah. Um, and all their underlines are terrible. They're like thirty nine percent Corsi or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Rocking a sub forty is. Lovely. Yeah, but this is like Chuck Fletcher's dream scenario. Yeah. You know, this is like the best he could hope for. Guess John Tortorella is squeezing all the the blood out of this rock, as they say. Um, but it, it's not lasting. There's absolutely no way. Uh, they will fall back down to earth. They will have a terrible losing streak. John Tortorella will say flamboyant things. Uh, we all know how this story ends. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Against, and, like, you know, one of the ones against the Devils. The other one against the Canucks. You, know, you hand it to them, they beat the Lightning. Um, but that's that's one good win out of, you know, four games. So, yeah. Nobody buys the Flyers, eh? The wild card spot right spots right now in the East are Philly and Montreal, as it should be. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. Just uh, that's pretty insane for for Philly to to be sporting such a record with. But then again, it's four games, eh? But uh, your for your underlings to be that bad. Yeah. Solid puck luck. Probably like a a PDO of like one eleven or something. Yeah. Uh, you know who else surprised me? Kenny Kuznetsov. Yeah. <laughs> when he when he trying to come up with a good uh joke here that hasn't been said already, but yeah. he swung his hockey stick at Kyle Burrow's face and head. Um maliciously and viciously. Yeah. Uh and got suspended one game for it. And people oftentimes make a mistake, which is they think the NHL player safety video explanations that come out are going to explain why the suspension was only one game, but what it does, it, it actually only explains why there was suspension at all. Um, so you, you're not going to go into the video and see George Peros or whoever. Is it George Peros still? Or is, no, is, I, I think it's someone it else is. on the video. Anyway, you're not going to watch these videos and be like, yeah, there was this, which is illegal, but there's also, it wasn't as bad as this other thing because he didn't do this. Thing, so that's why it wasn't more than one game. All you get when you watch this video, which everyone was clowning on for one reason or another, uh, was after you know describing the play itself in excruciating detail, goes uh, essentially this is high sticking. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov uh, said that he didn't mean to make contact this high, but uh, we disagree. Uh, and then a little PowerPoint screen comes up with two bullet points, and the first one says high sticking. And the second one says history, while the talker says, Evgeny Kuznetsov has been fined one time before. 
Uh, these are the two main points. And they say, in conclusion, uh, this is an illegal act, and so it's one-game suspension. There's no explanation for the amount of games and why it was so. Uh, a common theme, I feel like pretty much all the time we say that suspension should have been more um, because missing a fucking October game for this wind up and swing into the chin is ridiculous. Yeah, just another, you know, it's the player's safety. We've we've come to know and love. Uh, yeah, just as violent and malicious as you can get with, uh, well, you know, maybe not as violent, but, you know, quite Without malicious. going over. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it was just a straight-up swing at the face. And to turn around and say that's worth one game, as you said, in October, well, what's the point? Why suspend him at all at that point? Um, it just... You know, I, I, I don't even know how you come to... And then the video, right? You, you, there's no accountability whatsoever. They could, put out the, they could put out a fucking dancing dog out there called The Explanation, and it would have served just as much purpose. Because, <laughs> fuck, like, you know, yes, we can, everybody can clearly see that's high-sticking, right? And then, you know, I can this fucking... This is high-sticking. I can just go on, I don't know, any other Google source to see that he's been suspended once. Plus... You don't even say that factored into in any way into your determination. Uh, it's just uh, he has a history. Thank just you. A checkbox you gotta take. I probably could have found that on Hockey Reference if you asked me to. Like uh, I don't. <laughs> but I, I find one time. Right. I just. What? what what's the point? And uh, but then again, you know, this is I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Yeah. Whereas we talk about this all the time. It's always this, the player safety doing some dumb shit. Mm-hmm. What was it? Uh, Alan Walsh, I think, calls it the OPS Department of Player Suspensions, and not player safety. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. No, you you get like a guy like straight up whacking a dude in the face, you know? Yeah, straight up was it like double handed swing, <laughs> and it's one game. That's like a like a a lumberjack chopping down a tree. There's my metaphor I was looking for before. Lovely, very very uh nice imagery. Thank you. Very vivid. Very apt. I took English classes in high school. <laughs> Just for this moment. Yeah. This is the peak. All right. Um, yeah. Well, another interesting team I think we should talk about is the 3-1 and Florida Panthers. Because there's a little action going on there now. Um, in our season preview, we're talking about how after trading Mackenzie Weger, once you got past Ekblad, that's a pretty weak defense. Now Ekblad, who was out for a big chunk of last season, very big chunk, is out long-term again. Uh, expected duration unknown. I believe he is on LTIR though. Um, so you know it's gonna be long term. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, we have three defensive pairings, which consist of. Do you want to guess? Or at no. least guess the six defensemen who are playing tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, sure. Why not? There's uh, oh, you know, Radko Gudis is on that team. Um. Who else? Want some hints? Sure, go for it. All right. Oh, is Mark Stahl playing? Mark Stahl. <laughs> Let's go. There's one. Into action. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, here's some here's, So uh, I think, yeah, two of these at least, um, actually three played games for Florida last year. Okay. One of them was just uh, claimed on waivers not very long ago. Hmm. All right. So I just have to think back to who was on the Panthers last year. Uh. 
Two of them, I would say, were regulars and are regulars. And another one only played like 10 games last year. Okay. Uh, had Brandon Montour. Yep, Brandon Montour. Okay, that's three. Um, that's the bottom pair is Stahl and Montour. Okay. Uh, who do they have that's possibly... Oh, there's Forsling, right? Gustav Forsling okay, on the top yeah. pairing, indeed. Now, these are the two I don't know if you'll get. One of them is Waver Guy. Waver Guy? Waver I... Guy from the Ducks. From the Ducks? Oh, I don't remember. Josh Mahura. Okay. And finally, we have uh, Matt Kirsted. Umst? Matt Kirsted. Ah. Kirsted. Playing alongside Gustav Forsling on the top pairing. Now he's a Stanley Cup These are our six. One injury to the Panthers' defense, and this is our six. Yeah. Uh, will they be able to stay afloat? Yeah, they'll be fine. Will they be fine? Will they continue to thrive at the Panthers' level, or no. will they just kind of hang around? They'll hang around. They'll hang around until I buy back, and we'll be fine, I think. Um, now, do I... If he's out for two months, yeah. Does this, where, does this, where do you think they finish in the standings? How, how is this affected? I think, you know, you'll probably see them in eighth place or some shit like that, seventh or eighth. I don't see them falling out of the playoffs because of this. Even, even like, not just falling out of the playoffs, like, at the end of the season, but even, in, like, to the point uh, where Ekblad returns. Um, but, you know, this is not a contender anymore. Uh, well, to, to, like, win the President's Trophy, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that caliber of team with this level of defense. But then again, it seems like even in the Atlantic, a lot of these teams have taken a step back. So I'm not like overly concerned. You know what I mean? Where like, you know, Boston still isn't how they're all missing a whole bunch of guys. Toronto's like, you know, who's their goalie? They're running on Samsonov. They're out here losing to the Coyotes. Fucking shit like that. Uh, Tampa's one and three. Like we understand that, you know, we expect more out of Tampa and we think they're fine. But but even then, they are one and three right now. So am I overly concerned? Do I think this is uh, the end of the road for the Panthers? Not really. And we've seen with, like, Tampa, for example, they can, you know, kind of be middle of the pack over the course of the regular season and turn it on in the playoffs, and you're fine, right? Um, I think it's a matter of, you know, getting Ekblad back, right? And can he stay healthy down the stretch? Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, this is not winning anything in the playoffs. I'll give you that, right? Um, so if he does continue to stay injured, they aren't winning shit. But I think they'll be fine in the short term in the regular season. It seems good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Maurice goes from... A Jets team with no defenseman to this hodgepodge of names. He's used to it. It's fine. Yeah, he's fine. used to it. He didn't figure out how to win with it in Winnipeg. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a fun team to keep an eye on. Yeah. And because not only is Ekbat out, but they made a signing. PTO man, Eric Stahl, has signed a deal with the, these Florida Panthers. Who is the last NHL team Eric Stahl played for? Ooh. Buffalo Sabres. The Montreal Canadiens. Okay. During the Stanley f- Cup playoffs. Full year off, right? Yeah. To the Stanley Cup That's finals. That's true. Oh, my God. 2021. Yeah. Before that, though, he was acquired from Buffalo. He played the first yeah. half of that year with Buffalo. Before yeah. that, it was Minnesota a few years, blah, 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 blah. Last year, he played four AHL games with the Iowa Wild, scoring five points. Star. And last season, he played... Five games for Team Canada at the 2022 Olympics, oh, yeah. which I totally forgot even happened, <laughs> and scored four points. So that is a total of nine games last year for Eric Stahl, who is uh, 37 years old, will turn 38 in eight days on October 29th, gets his league min deal. You would imagine he will get into some game action. How bad does he look? 
Well, you'd have to look. You'd have to think he looks half good if you got the contract. No, you don't. No. Veteran experience. Okay, you're right. Mark Stahl's brother. Oh my God, he was so washed last year or two years ago. Yeah, he was so slow. He was. We were calling for him to be healthy scratch, specifically because like guys like Drake Evans were out yeah. on the sideline, and I think but by the end of the playoffs, I don't think he was playing very much at all. No, he was not. Or or was he still playing out no, because... of Tatar? Is that what was happening? Was Stahl in the lineup? Well, yeah, Tatar never made him into the lineup. I don't think. Well, Tatar played like a couple games in the playoffs. But yeah, Eric Stahl played 21 right. games in because that playoff, which Evan, is more or less the entire run. Yeah, because so. Evans got knocked out, right, against the Jets, and so there was never really any pressure yeah. from beneath Stahl from, you know, press box. Eh, what do you know? Uh, so, yeah, uh, do I, w- what do we think about Eric Stahl right now? I think he's going to look terrible. I uh, spent basically spent a year away from the game. Uh, maybe he has more energy. I think he'll last all of six games I think, uh, where he looks fine the first three and then dog the next three. And then, uh, yeah. It just occurred to me this is their Joe Thornton replacement. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, well, it got to replace the, like, 13th forward future Hall of Famer around 40 years old type of guy. Sure. You just need to have him. You just got to have him. got to have it. <laughs> that role is just essential to a cup-winning team, is yeah. what they say. Or to a team that wins the President's Trophy and gets swept in the second round. That too. Uh, so, yeah, you, you know, maybe he was motivated. That's why he was, so, he was so good in camp. He was motivated by his brother being there. Yeah, hey, I got to impress my little brother. That's right, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But I uh, think he's old, and I think he's tired. And I think he is not very good. You know, it's funny because, like, Mark and Eric Stahl were both free agents this summer. Yeah. They both went to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they wanted to like, go to Carolina so they get all three brothers together. And Carolina was like, no. <laughs> we're not signing you. You're ass. <laughs> we don't have the old man role. <laughs> it would track. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that sounds like something they would think up of, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they are in Florida. Arguably even more surprising that they cracked the roster, both of them, but, I mean, you know. Well, Mark was kind of written in right from the time he signed. They're like, yeah, what are they going to do? Send him down? Yes. I guess they should, but they won't. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they would do. Uh, but, yeah. All right. It's time for uh, the draft, I think. Yeah. Um, I think this might be the first time ever we're actually doing a, like a hockey-themed it draft. Is. It absolutely is. Showing that we're running dry on ideas. <laughs> uh, but. It's our favorite time of year. The reverse retro of the route. The annual uh, tradition. The first time this happened, um, we had a we had a heyday with it. We had a ball. Yeah. And it was a, during a very slow news cycle as well. Um, I think we like even called an episode reverse retro or something. Um, now here are the new ones. And we'll be drafting these. And I think after the fact, we may talk about, go more in depth on opinions. But we don't want to give away too much of our thoughts beforehand. Okay. For obvious reasons. Right. I would just like to start by asking if you saw the Twitter interaction between the Vegas Golden Knights and Seattle Kraken no. regarding the reverse retros. I did not. I'm going to pull it up again because okay. it was the worst thing I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> I'm uh, glad I missed it. Yeah. So I am searching Seattle Kraken right now. Should be able to find it. Going into tweets and replies. Oh, they're just realizing that they joined in February 2018. Remember they had just been called like Seattle NHL or something? Yeah. Well, they had a name. Also, Seattle news is Michael Kempney has been uh, contract terminated. Hmm. Signed this summer, and I guess he's like, yeah, I don't like it. Never mind, he said. Yeah. So, come on. Here we go. Here it is. 
So, Seattle Kraken, yesterday at 11.42 a.m., tweet with some photos. Pre-order your hashtag reverse retro online today, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time, available in store on November 15th. Hashtag C Kraken at Adidas Hockey, whatever. Okay. Vegas Golden Knights official replies, retro jersey for a team that's one year old, face with the, like, uh, the, the, monocle? Ma- the monocle. Yeah. Right? And the Seattle Kraken, with the worst reply to this ever, somehow ratio with gatekeeping hockey history is cool. Keep it up. Upside down face. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. My ears are bleeding about this. Yeah. I guess it is mostly Kraken fans, I assume, who are looking at this. Because Vegas has only 499 likes for retro jersey for a team that's one year old. Yeah. And Seattle with gatekeeping hockey history is cool. Keep it up. Guess guess how many likes? Twelve. Oh no, Seattle ratioed Vegas. Oh, the fuck! I know ratioed positively. I thought they got ratioed like no, you know, they got quoted into hell. But uh, no, okay, they I don't know seven hundred nine hundred fifteen. What the hell? What is this? Who's and then doing Vegas this? replied to that with a picture of like I guess on Spotify. There's a Drake song, "Can't Take a Joke." Uh, three hundred sixty-six likes. And Seattle replies with something I'm not sure if it's photoshopped or not. It says, "Not sure which reply we like better." Winky face. Uh, and it says Vegas reply going, "LOL, bro, we were kidding since we're new too, but okay, go off, I guess." I don't know if that. And then it says this tweet has been deleted. I don't uh, know if that was actually tweeted or, uh, or photoshopped, but I don't. I have no idea. That would be the. I feel I like that would be real. I feel like that fake Vegas reply, or I don't know, maybe fake Vegas reply, is like the appropriate response. It is absolutely to the, the nonsense that's. Yeah, and I don't said. know why that would have been deleted. Yeah, I, I think it was though. I think it was said, and then maybe it was like reprimanded for being too unprofessional or whatever, <laughs> and it was deleted. <laughs> what? Who's running the Seattle account? Do they think Vegas has a long and storied is a franchise? Gatekeeping hockey history is cool. Keep it up. What? What? And it's not like this is like the Seattle Metropolitan's jersey or anything. Like this isn't. This has nothing to do with history or reverse retro. Yeah, it's ass. Just be like ratio. (laughs) Ooh, like the the Kraken. After Vegas said retro jersey for a team that's one year old, Seattle should have said ratio. Yeah, that would have been much funnier. Should have just stopped it there. Yeah, it would have been great. Easy peasy. Yeah, you know Vegas just cut them out on their shit. You know. Stop interacting like stop engaging like that, Vegas. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants you here. All right. But well, uh yeah. No one wants I feel like there's no winner in this interaction. No, there isn't. The two lame people arguing. Correct. That's right. So uh shutting it down is the is the correct option. Moving uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the reverse retros. Okay, so yeah. I realized this morning I forgot to post our the poll from three weeks ago. Yeah, I saw it. So I posted it today. Alright. So we're we're not I haven't looked at the results at all. Okay. Are you okay with saying whatever it is a few hours in are the results we're going with? All right, fine. Or not, maybe not the official results, but the results in terms of deciding who drafts first. Okay, that's fair. Okay. So I'm going on to the Instagram right now. See what people are thinking. Clearly winning. About what was our topic? The shapes. The shapes, right, of course. So uh, as of right now, oh, shit. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Tyson's got 71% of the vote. Oh, that's, it's over. Boo. You're cooked. Boo. That's lovely. 
Uh, yeah, I guess people don't like cubes, cylinders, triangles, rectangles, ovals, or parallelograms. Yeah, my ears bleed again. <laughs> <laughs> you ripped the scab right open. Okay. It just healed. Well, uh, at least that means that A, I get to draft first, and B, there will be a comeback for me later, so I will win anyway. Okay. Wow, what a double whammy. I'm about to get, You're about to get coached. railroaded. All right, go ahead. All right, I'm going to take the most beautiful reverse retro that there is. Okay. The Montreal one. Oh my god. That is not where I thought you were going with it's that. It's gorgeous. What the hell? It's fine. I didn't even realize it was an homage to the Expos yeah. until afterward. I thought the baby blue was perfect. The first reverse retro, uh, it was good. It was the dark blue. I mentioned, I feel like the blue in the Blue Bon Rouge never gets enough credit. It's always, you know, much smaller represented on the main jersey. So I like that they went with a lot of blue on that one. This one, an even nicer shade of blue. I love the lighter blue, uh, but you keep the darker blue stripe in the middle across the logo. Uh, it's simple, but it's very new and fresh and clearly uh, is, you know, something that's actually different, unlike a lot of these, something that hasn't been done before. So it really checks every single box. I don't think this one goes wrong in any way. First pick. Yeah, it doesn't go wrong in any way. It's fine. You know, it's, it's beautiful. Like, it's kind of bland. You're bland. Design wise. And yeah, it's like it's nice. It's like maybe tenth out of all Ten. of them. Yeah, that's right. Give me nice a break. Okay. Up next, I will be taking the best one. I'm taking the Kings one. What? What are you talking about? I don't even beautiful. have it on my list. Okay, take a look at it. Take a nice big look at that it. beautiful logo, the stylized crown, the purple, the gold. It's it's a work of art. All right. That's the nicest one. It's not close. It's not the nicest one. It is the nicest one. There's one reason mainly why I wouldn't didn't even consider it. Yeah. That it's a mostly white jersey. So what? They bore me. It's elegant. No. Yes. It's just the best one. I don't know what to tell you. When a jersey is mostly white, it automatically loses points for being like well, I understand, you know, every team has their colored one and the white one. Makes sense for every team the white one's gonna be more boring. So when you have this total freedom at reverse retro time, do whatever you want. I don't know why you'd be like, yeah, let's make most of the jersey white. But there's a good chunk of it is purple. Well, and they the, should make most of it purple. You know what? But it's nicer this way. It makes the crown pop more. That's true. That is factual. All right. Next up. Nicest one. My pick. Yeah. Um, now that I know your taste is so bad, I might actually get like all my top six. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear it. <laughs> all right. So next up, we're going to take uh, the Minnesota Wild reverse retro. Subway uh, looking ass. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Don't even don't even talk about this I'm going because to talk about when it. we talked about the reverse retros last time, yeah. we both talked about how Minnesota is the best one, and this one's very similar. It just has like some yellow in different spots. So so there, go it's back. Worse, listen, man. It's go worse. back. Listen to that old episode. Yeah. I believe it is called Reverse Retro to talk about how we both profusely complimented the Minnesota Wild sweater, and I imagine that virtually all those compliments apply here as well. Uh, but it's a bit worse because of the stripes. I don't like the stripes. Look at the stripes on the bottom. They're nice. The, the weird yellow and white. It's like uh, it's not a good bit. Okay. The, the stripes on the bottom are good. I like the. I imagine neither one of us are drafting Detroit or Chicago so bad. Those no. stripes are like all over the place. Yeah. The shittiest thing you ever seen. <laughs> you got a couple of subtle stripes near the bottom of the jersey. That's tasteful. That's good. It's not That's what you like to see. Especially the arm ones. I don't like the arm ones. The arm stripes just not working, man. If you could have stuck it to the bottom, they're still a bit too thick. You know the the the, the one at the bottom of the jersey is a bit too thick. I would like them a little bit thinner, and then remove the arm ones. That would have been fine. But uh, it's just too much going on. You know, it's nice. The color scheme's okay, you know, but uh, I like the one from last year better. Color scheme is perfect. And there are better ones still available on the board, so I don't know why you want Minnesota this early. So 
Uh, next up, I'll be taking uh, the Detroit Red Wings. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no fucking chance. Like I was saying before we started recording, uh, that one looks like uh, Where's Waldo looking ass. It looks like a t-shirt. It doesn't look like a jersey, first of all. For the second year in a row, they went with something that doesn't look like it belongs the in the second year in a row, I think they have the worst one yeah. of them all. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah, for a way, anybody who doesn't remember last year, they had like the most bland fucking jersey. You talk about like you had problems with white jerseys. This jersey was just white. It was, no, it was light gray. Oh, it was of like, course. It was just light oh gray. God. I said it looked like a practice jersey. Ah, that was gross. And then it was just the logo. That was it. There was nothing else. It was just straight straight practice jersey vibes. This time they went with I don't know what the hell that is. Um, very confusing. Anyways, uh, I'll be taking the next best jersey on the board, which is the Florida Panthers. You talk about baby blue looks good. This one looks incredible. Uh, but it's, you know, the stripes are more exciting. You talk about good stripes. That's good stripes. All right. The the, the burgundy looking ass and the navy blue is great. Then you got the palm trees, exotic. It's fun. Much better than the, you know, the nonsense from the wild. And then much more exciting than the shit from the Habs. So I think, honestly, this might be the best one. It's up there. I think I got my top two. I got L.A. first. I was concerned you were going to take L.A. You're like, this is the, by far the nicest one. I was like, shit, he's going to take the Kings. But then he didn't. And now I got the Panthers, too. I, I felt better about the Panthers as soon as he took the Habs because you weren't going to take both baby blues. Um, but I'm uh, happy I got it. I would have thought about the Panthers in the last round. Yeah. But the reason I would have been hesitant is because I think the baby blue is, like, the only redeeming quality. I don't understand how you can dump all over those Minnesota stripes Meanwhile, these Florida has even more like aggressive stripes on there. At the bottom, they don't just have like the two colors, the blue and the red. They have like these these yellows in between them, and the ones on the on like the wrists are like pointy stripes. Like, there's never any need to be this elaborate with stripes. But I think most of all, what I would complain about with okay. this is that the this sunshine logo yeah. doesn't make any reference to Panthers, and it's just like you know sunshine and a, like it's Florida stuff and a hockey stick. I, and I feel like the name Panthers has so much potential for great logos, and I think that potential is wasted here. Also, you could have, uh, and I would say should have, employed the old logo they retired in 2016 with the Panther jumping out at you that everyone loved so much. And reverse retro, you're supposed to like call back to the past. This is the perfect time to do it, and they, they missed that chance. Counterpoint. That may be, that's, that's a solid point. However, the, fuck, the jersey looks cool. That's my counterpoint. It looks great. And also, the, my beef with the, the wild strips is that they're too thick. At the end of the day, that's what I realized. They're too thick. But uh, with the with the Panthers, you got that I thin gold line. Thick stripes are a lot less distracting than a bunch of thin stripes all over the place. I disagree. It just like it looks like it's too blocky with the wild. And also, I don't like how offset the sleeves, uh, like the stripes on the bottom and the sli- the the stripes on the sleeves are. Like they're very offset vertically. Meanwhile, the Panthers one, they're a bit lower down on the sleeve. It looks better. Uh, so I don't like the stripes on the wrist. I don't like that. I don't know. It's more seamless, you know. They're they're both at the bottom of the jersey. Meanwhile, with the wild sleeves, uh, there's just a whole bunch of green before you get to the stripes. You know what the stripes at the remind me of when they're like right at the wrist. You know, uh, when you're a little kid, and I guess it's possible when you're older too. When you're wearing like a long sleeve shirt, and you put on uh your winter coat. And then the sleeve gets like tucked up near your elbow and okay. it feels really awkward. Yeah. That, it's giving me those vibes. That's incorrect. But no, actually, it's, it's actually the opposite. It's the wild. Because, um, because you know, the vibe is, if, I'll tell you why. Okay. This looks like a long sleeve shirt that you pulled out from behind, from at your elbow to like bypass the winter coat. Okay. Because However, those bad memories. That's, that's wrong because this, it, it seems <laughs> like you did it correctly. You know, it's actually passed. Meanwhile, the wild, I, I just, there it is. It, 
that you just you just gave me my perfect argument against the wild jersey. It's that it does give those scrunched up eyes. No, it's like you're taking an X-ray photo. No, because those then, are naturally those stripes naturally belong on the elbow. Clearly, no, they the, don't. Whereas the rest of the jersey is green and passes to the normal part of the body. It doesn't make sense. That's that's no. They should be on the wrist, but instead they're all scrunched up at the elbow because that's where they naturally scrunch up anyways. Right, they're think not about scrunched. it. They yeah, just, they're scrunched. That's where they go. No, they should be on the bottom, flush with the bottom of the jersey. Disagree. Like the bottom. Otherwise, you could have had them like you know, like torso level stripes instead of at the bottom of the jersey. Um, well, I'm glad we're having these elaborate discussion on stripes. Next up. Yeah, go ahead. I'll be taking the New York Rangers reverse retro. Oh, I love this thing. Disgusting. It's actually great. It's actually bad. It looked great. It looks horrid. I have. I have loved the Rangers. Uh, old like the the blue shirts, you know, they're they're jer- the blue shirts jersey. Then there was a stretch of time where they always wanted these Labor Liberty ones, La- Lady Liberty, and I was like, what's the deal with these Lady Liberty jerseys that are like this dark, ugly blue, like Merrick Malik one, you know? It's like, oh, these so so drab. And now they've created the best of both worlds by having this Lady Liberty logo on the perfect shade of blue and red jersey. It's the ideal New York Rangers logo. The better logo, better shade of blue. It 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 rocks. Okay, I have many beefs with this one. It looks like a blue T-shirt, first of all. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing going on. Um, the sleeves, the the red goes up too high. It should be Panthers level high, but I don't know. It does looks like a T-shirt, man. It looks like he's wearing a long sleeve red shirt, and then the blue T-shirt goes above it, and then it's bland otherwise. Terrible. Boo. Also, I don't love the Lady Liberty. I've never been a fan of it. I don't know. It's just. I don't get the bit, man. Like, it's just a fucking statue. All right. Okay. <laughs> Has nothing to do with Rangers. I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, unlike a, a palm tree. That's much more fucking... Well, you can't, you can't rag on me for that and then praise Lady Liberty when she has jack shit to do with a ranger. <laughs> well, what does the palm tree have to do with the Panthers? It doesn't. And that's okay. But I don't... I don't... Neither does Lady Liberty and that's okay. Okay, so you can't... So so do you retract your argument against the palm tree? Do you Panthers? retract your argument against Lady Liberty? Well, I don't like Lady Liberty, but I'll retract the irrelevance to the to the team name bit. Wait, wait, what? No, I'm saying... Okay, I'll so retract... if you don't my... like Lady Liberty, yeah. you also have to not like the palm tree. No, I don't like Lady Liberty as a concept on the jersey. Okay, like... I like the palm tree as a concept on the jersey. It's Why? fun. It's exotic. <laughs> Lady Liberty, overdone overdone boring and it's just a statue what's the point oh it just fucking sits there they're, in the middle of the palm river trees just sit there on the but, ground but they're Who fine they have coconuts tree. and it's a whole iconic thing but Lady liberty is an icon the whole iconic thing yeah but it's to like see the statue of liberty as like look at that this is an iconic landmark it's all about this is what new york's about palm trees are not just a florida thing not even, really, you know, not even like what are you doing when you're looking at the fucking statue of liberty all right what is new york all about you're standing there at the fucking harbor or on some sort of cruise is that really what new york is all about Think about it. No. <laughs> palm trees, you get off the plane, you're in Florida, you see the palm tree, you get excited. Bang. Just like that. I'm in Tropicana. Beautiful. You can do that outside of Florida as well. Yeah. But, you know, you can do that shit with the other Lady Liberty statue. Fuck. Next draft, know. we should do uh, Landmarks of the World. Okay, you know what? There we go. We got That's actually a good idea. I'm not drafting Lady Liberty. I'm not drafting the Statue of Liberty over my dead fucking body. Okay. Boring as shit. All right. Bad <laughs> jersey. Um, I'm taking the Coyotes jersey. Ugh. piece of work piece of work beautiful look at that orange you got the whole desert bit on the bottom it's fun you got the nice you know coyote head that they got it's classic it's great what's not to love about it it's got the fun shit with the with the cactuses and uh, i like the color scheme it's very deserty it's unique you don't see it really anywhere else uh in the 32 uh, 31 teams and uh yeah 
love to see it. It's whatever. Okay. I, I the fact that you have nothing more to say leads me to believe you were about to take the team. I wasn't about to. It was okay. on my list. Okay. It's fine. It's good. It's I, great. I, it was another nice. one I would have considered in the last round. I think. Okay. All right. I'm taking the St. Louis Blues. Oh God! What the hell is that? All right. For yeah. one main reason, that they made the music note look more explicitly like a music note, and I think that's beautiful. Okay. It says St. Louis Blues, and it more more explicitly shows the ambiguous context of the name of the hockey team and also the blues themselves <laughs> and the name of the song St. Louis Blues. And this is what I look for in any kind of St. Louis Blues related thing. It's do you acknowledge the musical aspect of this? And they do. And I like the yellow, blue, white situation. So there you have it. Many beefs with this jersey. First of all, the stripes. What's going on there? They're cool. No, they're not. You cannot say that with a straight face. They're the elbow again. Where they belong. But it's like even more spaced out and they're super thin and it's just like, what? Did you drop those? At least it makes sense. How they're arranged. In what sense? Unlike the Panthers ones, it's like, we got a little red and yellow up here, we got a little red, blue, yellow, blue situation over here, we got them pointy over here, we got them straight over there. No, it's like, whose idea sense. was this? You know what makes sense? What? This is like a musical staff. Then they'd be like, oh, that's money. You know? Thanks for giving me actually, I think it's, it is. Don't. Cut the shit. I think it is. Cut the shit. It's not a musical staff, okay? Sure it is. No, it's not. Over, yeah, over look at them. them. Look, you've got, you, how many lines do you have in a musical staff? Five. Look everywhere. You got the the blue, white, blue. Spaced. You got one, two, three, four, five. It's the musical staff. No, it's not. It is. They're not evenly spaced like a musical staff. Almost. Cut the shit. All right. (laughs) It's the worst analysis I've seen of a jersey. All right. It's a musical staff. Pulled that out of his ass. Um, You're the one who came up with it. No, I'm saying it would have been better had it been. And also the the wording. All right. Just the fact that like the St. Louis goes over the middle of the the note. You know, it's like it's not. Yeah, they just wrote over the note. It's terrible. Also, I don't like the fact that you need to write your team name and location. Should not be a bit. I feel like we've talked about this where it's like, why do you, you don't need this. Okay, you shouldn't need this. Same with this jersey, all right? So, boo, just all around, I don't like this jersey. I don't know why you picked it. It's horrendous. Um, any, any, any uh, do you have any anything to say? Musical note and the stat. Okay, all right. So, nothing. Um. Hmm. I'll say that about your next argument. Okay. Oh, so not. Uh, what, where do I go next? How many picks have I made? Three. Uh, oh, you, yeah, you've made three. Okay. Pick number four. Um, I which one do I like? I don't know which one I like. You like Detroit? I sure as shit don't like Detroit. Um, you know what? I'm going Tampa Bay. This is fucking awesome. All right. It's just for jokes. You're the bottom of my list. No, it's 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 exciting. All right. It's it's new. It's fucking feral, all right? And that's a good thing. They're just experimenting. I don't even know what the hell is going on in this jersey, all right? I, but it's just exciting. There's just nothing like it ever. Um, it looks like a bit. Maybe there's nothing like it ever. This is their old jersey, more or less. No, but like the, the weird, like, uh, the weird, like, sh- lightning bolts around the fucking... Like, look at it. Zoom in. And they got the weird things on the stripes. Uh, on the stripes. Sleeves. I don't know if you've seen them. Uh, they got some weird ass designs on the sleeves. Yeah, what's so good about uh, being weird ass? I don't know, but I never liked this lightning logo. With the old, the old cartoony one. I was like, what's the deal? Why does it look like it's a '90s cartoon? Okay, fine, but I'm not here for the logo. Logo's I'm a here big for part of the jersey. Everything. I'm here for everything else about I it. Say, say, is it? If you remove the logo, the jersey's I great. Did, I'm no, picking I did not it in the say. fourth round. No, no, no. It's part of it. It's part of the whole package. 
well, I don't know. They're the weird, like, it's a whole storm. I don't understand what's going on, but it's great. All right. It's just, especially said, I'm taking this jersey because I do not understand it <laughs> at all. Worst argument I've heard in my life. No, it, it, it's on. part of it is the novelty, okay? It's just go ahead. To my pick. Yeah. I'll be going with the Columbus Blue Jackets. What the hell? What in the black? Now, what in the... That's just their regular jersey, but with a weird sleeve. It's their regular jersey with <laughs> the added nice light blue. And you may be able to sense a pattern here, which is I love light blue. <laughs> and you have something that was dark blue, and you make a light blue or add light blue, thousand times better. This Columbus Blue Jackets jersey is beautiful. I want to watch the games where they're wearing it because of the light blue. It looks like a hoodie. It looks like a sweatshirt. Just in this picture. And in, I'm sure on the ice, too. Of course not. Yeah. Why would it look like that on the ice? Because it's the weird line, man. It's the white line that goes all the way around that makes it look like a hoodie. Oh. Yeah, that's correct. Um, You're just jealous. I'm not jealous, actually. That was I was never going to pick the Blue Jackets. Yeah, you my were. dead body. Don't lie. Um... I'm I'm not lying. I've never told a lie. All right, next up, I'm going to take. Hmm, which one visual is visually appealing? Detroit. I can I can guarantee it's not. Uh, do we love the fisherman logo? Eh, it's kind of mid. Um, okay, I'll go with the penguins. You know, you go back to that logo. Quality shit. A one. Go penguins. Yeah. It's just a classy looking jersey. You bring it back that old logo. That See was this fun one? And... It's retro. It's not reverse though. Sure, it's, it's reverse. more or less the exact same as just the old jersey. Oh, they got new shit on there. The no. yellow, the stripes. You know? It's like the exact same logo. I don't know. It's not the exact same logo. It's pretty close. I've seen that logo before. I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's nice. I don't like it. Okay. My last pick. Take Chicago. No. Come on. Hi. We'll be selecting. Hmm. Oh, he really doesn't like his. Did I snipe uh, some of your top six? Huh? No, no. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, weighing, I'm weighing a couple. Okay. And I think I'm going to go with Dallas. It's a good one. What is that? No, it's not. I love green. And I love the using the top of the star as a letter A. It's got very nice colors. It's very simple and straight to the point, And it's original. So I like it. Is that your last pick? That was my last pick. Oh, God. So bland, man. You have nothing exciting going for your team, honestly. I have six exciting things going like, for my no, team. You have, you have zero. At least I have the lightning going on for me. That's like your least exciting pick. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's like it's fun, you know? You, you need to see that. You need to buy that jersey, right? And, and Want to buy it for me? No, I'm not buying it I'd say it. thank you. It's yeah. a very nice gift. Yeah. Would you wear it? Uh, yeah. Huh. Good to know. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Hmm. Okay. I'll take the Bruins one. Oh, no. Hell well, yeah. Gross. No, it's that's gross. It's great. I, I was like, it's that's, great. that looks like a, like a bear that has like a fist instead of a nose. That's so ugly. It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It's like a poo bear, man. It's fucking... What are you talking about? It's great. It's honestly, Also, I love the sheer commitment. I would unironically pick the Detroit one before I pick this. Okay. Well, then that's your opinion, but I've picked the Bruins. Okay, so. You just tanked your team. No, it looks great, man. And the brown, it's just like, when do you ever see brown on a jersey? You know, why, why would no one ever brown on a jersey? Because it's ugly. It looks bad on a jersey. However, it looks good in this instance. It doesn't. It does. What's brown on a jersey? Okay, can I undo the pick? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I saw a slightly better one, but this one's fine. I don't hate it. Brown. 
good. <laughs> there we are at shore. Yeah. Why What's not the love? What's not the love? The fact you said, can I undo the pick? <laughs> <laughs> that's because it's second best of the remaining. That's all. Oh, no, it's, it's terrible. All right, well, that's the end of the draft. Um, my team is Montreal, Minnesota, New York Rangers, St. Louis, Columbus, and Dallas. Tysay's team is LA, Florida, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, and Boston. Um, I think probably to make sure everyone has these fresh in their minds, maybe I'll put up pictures of all the retros on the story followed by the poll. So people aren't just kind of going like, oh, what's his best jerseys or best teams or something? Why did I say pick the Coyotes? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the story. Uh, I'm very confident how my draft went. Especially considering you took the Bruins. What are you talking about? Um, and let's talk a little bit about some of the other ones we didn't really talk sure. about. Um, because one I hate in particular is the Oilers. Yep, I was going to say that one. Yeah. It's disgusting. I, like, I, didn't, I was like, what is that? It kind of looks like, an, like a crying asteroid. <laughs> I still don't know what it is. It's, I know there's an oil drop. I, that's all I know about it. Well, is it supposed to be in like a... See, I don't know, like... What's the tail bit? You know, like, I can see that. Is that a gear? Like, the teeth? You know, the metal bit? The gray part? Like, it looks like a gear. But I don't know what the rest of it is. Here's the description on NHL.com. The Oilers' first third jersey assumes a modern orange and navy twist. Front and center is an oil drop surrounded by dynamic gear with each bolt hub representing one of the team's five Stanley Cup championships. Oh, I guess the dynamic is it's supposed to be fucking moving. Is that what it is? It's motion marks? Is that what the white Those streaks are? Those are the worst are? motion <laughs> marks I've seen in my life. What the hell is that? My God. I thought it was some sort of claw. I don't know. You know, like the, the pointy bits it's, at the end? It's terrible. I couldn't even tell what team it was. Teams, looking through these teams, I didn't know. I didn't know right away that that was the Panthers. I didn't know that that was the Oilers. I didn't know that that was the Bruins. I didn't know that that was the Avalanche. That, that Colorado one yeah. is not good. Terrible. They just totally changed the color scheme of their team. Yeah, it's not even the Nordiques, is it? What what is that? It's supposed a, to be the Nordiques. It's like it's a C with like a circle in it. Uh, that's basically just gives the impression of an incomplete letter O. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's with that Sharks one? I was gonna mention the Sharks one. Yeah. Because I love the color scheme and I hate the 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 fact that it just says Sharks in the exactly. weird font on yep. it. Yeah. Yeah, imagine if this was uh, they had a proper thing going. If they just had their regular logo in there, yeah, I might have taken that like first. Hmm. Yeah, no, the 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 what is it? What color is that? Like, is that like light teal? Uh, here, Aquamarine. The typography and colors of the 1974 California Golden Seals, oh, okay. the Bay Area's first NHL team, merge with a new Sharks word mark. That sentence is grammatically incorrect. <laughs> this has merged instead of merged. Tough luck. And what's the deal with this guy in the Canucks jersey? That little figurine. Uh, oh, this Johnny is Johnny Hockey Canuck. Or whatever the fuck. Johnny yeah. Hockey's Johnny, Johnny Hockey. This is Johnny Canuck. Johnny Hockey. Whoever that is. <laughs> My God. What am I saying? And the Canucks are like, we have Johnny Gaudreau on our jersey. <laughs> what, what? Cool. That's Johnny Canuck. The Kraken just have too many stripes. Yeah, I did. They should have done a Seattle Metropolitan style. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been fun. Yeah, this is, this is horrid. This still looks like somebody... Like, started gashing the jersey, you know? Like a knife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Islanders, boring. The Sens, boring. Vegas, uh, 
just as Vegas across yeah. diagonally. Like that shitty Washington jersey. Or oh, that's the, the bad one too. The old Washington, the yeah. dark blue Washington that Ovechkin rookie season was in. Yeah. Bad. Bad, 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 Ooh. bad, bad. Uh, what else? What else is of note? What's with that 3D Predators? I thought it was like somewhat cool. I thought it was Buffalo for a second. No, Buffalo's the, they brought back the yeah, now goal I see. for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just... Because it feels like teams... The ones I don't like either fall into the trap of not changing enough or changing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have liked Nashville to maybe... Dude, I don't know. Like, if, if I'm going for like a Nashville reverse retro, I'm going to change the yellow. I want to change the color. But with most of these, I feel like that would be a good place to start is what color can we change it to that we like? Um. And then go with like, do we have some kind of alternate logo? Yeah. We want to come up with a new logo. Um, we want the stripes, do we, like where, Detroit. Where do we want our stripes also? Because every jersey, for the most part, has stripes somewhere. Yeah. So it's like, where do we want them? What color do we want them? But the main things are, what's the main color? What logo are we using? Right. And Nashville changed their logo to like a worse version of itself and kept the same color. Yeah. It's like, what's the point? Right. It's just like, it seems so exotic for no reason. Mm-hmm. The logo. You know what I feel like would be the proper answer in ninety percent of scenarios? What? Light blue. <laughs> Honestly, you're not wrong. I know. Yeah, it works. Or green. Mm. I like the greens. I like the light blues. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why I got Minnesota, Dallas, Montreal, the Rangers, and the Blue Jackets on my team. Mm. What do you think about that Winnipeg jersey? Um, I think for a white jersey, that's as good as you can get. Okay. But I still probably wasn't gonna take it. That was that was the team I was gonna take instead of the Bruins. Okay. Where I was like, oh, I should, probably should have taken the Jets. It's pretty clean. But, uh, oh, the Bruins are just too good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> totally. That's why, I, that's why I asked if I could undo it. You know, it's, just, it's just too good. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think that's the end of the episode pretty much. Yeah. Let's pick a team to discuss this week. Oh, I know good. we threw out the Canucks, but I also remembered, I think we did the Canucks very early last year too. Okay. So maybe we want to save them for late. Ah, yes. When they're... In the doldrums. We should have kept track, because we didn't get around to every team last yeah. year. We should have kept track of the teams we didn't get to. I did. I oh, have, you did? I have the document here. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me know which ones. Um, let's see. Should I just list all the teams that we... Yeah, list them all. Okay. Uh, Buffalo, Detroit, San Jose, LA, Chicago, and like all of the Metro, except for Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh... Do we want to see what's going on in Tank City in Chicago? Or do I? <laughs> yeah. Or do we want to see if the Devils really are going to make the playoffs? I like the Devils. Okay, let's yeah. just make sure they play like three times. I, I don't want to subject myself to Chicago this early in the season. It's only going to get worse from here on out. You're right, but they're already so bad. You know, you'd think that there's maybe a hot streak in there we can ride, hopefully. Do we want to? See them in the hot streak? I don't know. I, whatever, yeah, we're doing the Devils this weekend. Yeah, we're not doing the Blackhawks. Uh, schedule uh, this week. All right. What's today? The 21st. They're playing in the afternoon tomorrow against the Sharks. Monday against the Capitals. And Tuesday against the Red Wings. And they'll be off till Friday. So we'll have three games to talk okay. about. Cool. That's pretty condensed. And it is a couple, uh, at least two, well, one very bad team in San Jose. One probably not very good team in Detroit. Maybe another not very good team in Washington. The Devils have had have a chance to if they want to make their mark, they gotta do it this week. Yep. Key week. Indeed. You gotta stay above five hundred. Yep. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We will be back next week. Oh, oh, shit. We didn't even mention that Carey Price is talking to the media in three days. Uh, he is. That's right. Is he going to retire? Or no, not retire. Just say he's not going to play anymore. Dot, dot, dot. What else could it be? That's probably it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap the episode now. All right. Yeah. Next week on October 28th, we'll be back. Um, follow the podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. It's where we post the polls and the news of new episodes. Uh, and have a good day. The end. <laughs>